You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 35, Consequences with Love. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected. This is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Well, hello, beautiful, amazing mama. Yeah, you. Did you know that you're beautiful and amazing? Well, you are. All right. This episode is all about consequences. I think there's a lot of confusion out there about what consequences are, the goal of consequences, and how and when to enforce them. So I want to dive into all of that today. Let's start off by defining the word consequence. The definition is a result or effect of an action or condition. So if you just think about the self-coaching model that I talked about in episode six, a consequence is like the result line of the model. It's the effect of an action. Think about some of the results or consequences you've experienced in your own life caused by your own actions. When you overate, for example, the consequence was that you felt sick or you gained weight. When you slept through your alarm clock, you missed an important meeting or phone call. When you didn't pay your bill on time, you incurred a late fee. We all deal with the consequences of our behavior every day. And consequences aren't always negative, of course. When you do pay your bills on time, your credit score goes up. When you turn off the notifications on your phone at the office, you get more work done. When you stick to your food plan, you lose weight. So every single action you take causes a result. And those results help us learn. Through experiencing the consequences of our behavior, we learn what to do and also what not to do. I can read about how to ride a bike. You can tell me how to cook an egg, but it's only through direct experience and trial and error and making tons of mistakes that I'm actually going to learn how to do those things. And the same is true for your kids. Allowing them to experience the impact of their actions is how they're going to learn what to do and what not to do. It's your job as the parent to act as a support and to guide them through their experiences. So many moms are afraid of allowing their kids to experience negative emotions or negative consequences, but then those kids don't learn how to cope with negative emotions and they don't learn from their behavior. The moms I talk to want to know what kinds of consequences they should use in different situations. So they'll ask me, what should I do when they don't clean up their room, when they don't turn off their devices when I ask them to? When they talk back or refuse to eat their dinner, when they won't get dressed in the morning or they won't go to sleep at night. And the first thing you need to understand is that there's not a one size fits all answer. It depends on the context of the situation, the age of the child, what other strategies have been used. And consequences become less effective when they're used too frequently. So they really should be used sparingly. Some parents try to figure out a consequence for every single misbehavior, but when a consequence isn't obvious, then it's probably not appropriate to enforce one at all. Better strategies might be problem solving with your child, 
teaching a new skill, strengthening your connection, using playfulness and humor, or creating a new routine. These might take more time and effort to implement, but the results are worth it. Before we talk about the different kinds of consequences, I want to distinguish between consequences and punishments. Basically, punishment relies on fear and suffering to get kids to comply with rules and obey authority. Consequences, given out of love, teach children to take responsibility for their behavior and to learn from their mistakes, rather than making them suffer for their mistakes. Some parents really like punishment because it feels like justice is being served. I know many parents who have said, well, my parents made me sit in the basement for hours, or my parents would give me a good whooping and I turned out just fine. Kids need to know who's boss, and it's our job to put them in their place. They cling really tightly to their belief that punishment, spanking, and shaming works. And I'll admit that using punitive measures, you may get kids to change their behavior in the moment. But at what cost to your relationship with them? And at what cost to their self-esteem? I'm always reminded of a quote by Dr. Jane Nelson to help me remember why punishment backfires. She said, where did we ever get the crazy idea that in order to make children do better, first we have to make them feel worse? Think of the last time you felt humiliated or treated unfairly. Did you feel like cooperating or doing better? So punishment focuses on the parent being responsible for controlling their kid's behavior rather than the child controlling his or her own behavior. Punishment sends the message that the child is bad, which is always a self-fulfilling prophecy because when they think they're bad, they're going to act badly. Punishment fosters rebellion and dishonesty. Rather than focusing on doing better the next time, the child focuses on not getting caught the next time. Punishment doesn't help kids process the emotions that drove them to act out in the first place. Punishment creates an external locus of control, namely you, the authority figure. So instead of being up in their room thinking about their choices and taking responsibility for them, they're thinking about how mean you are and how to get revenge. In punishment-based parenting, few words of explanation are given by the parent, so kids are often left confused and unsure of what they even did wrong. All they understand is that mommy or daddy is upset, and they believe they're responsible for that. Our job isn't to enact justice upon our kids. It's to help them learn from their mistakes in a way that encourages them to do better the next time. When used effectively, consequences are given in a calm voice with a positive attitude and a focus on teaching. Many parents think that when they're enforcing consequences, they have to be angry. That's not true at all. It's not only possible to give consequences while feeling calm, loving, empowered, and confident. It's so much more effective. The result for you is that you feel better and you're better able to think creatively and compassionately. You experience love, and so do your kids. There's nothing wrong with feeling negative emotions like anger, resentment, or frustration. You're a human, so you're going to feel those about, say it with me, 50% of the time. You can allow those feelings, but take responsibility for them. Understand that you're the one creating them, not your kids. And then get curious and find the thoughts creating those emotions. 
When you can give consequences while showing empathy and understanding, that's the magic. Your kids will have no one to be angry with about their behavior but themselves. And that's when they feel the remorse, when they feel the responsibility and learn the lesson. There are two different types of consequences, natural consequences and imposed consequences. Examples of natural consequences are when kids refuse to wear a sweater and then they're cold, or they don't eat and then they're hungry, or they forget to do their homework and get a zero. Obviously, you're not going to allow natural consequences when it comes to their health and safety, right? You're not going to let them experience the natural consequence of riding their bike without a helmet or going a week without brushing their teeth. Those rules are non-negotiable. Either you wear your helmet or you don't ride your bike. Either you brush your teeth or you won't eat any sweets. Now, these are consequences too, but they're imposed by you. I also refer to imposed consequences as logical consequences. They're used when natural consequences aren't available or practical. I remember the first time I really understood logical consequences for myself. One night while Dahlia was taking her bath, she splashed water all over the bathroom. Water was everywhere, on the toilet, the floor, the walls, the sinks. I walked in, looked around, and felt my blood starting to boil. I felt angry and resentful because I thought, great, now I have to clean this up. But just as I was about to explode with anger, I had another thought. Wait a minute. I don't have to clean this up. She's going to clean it up. It sounds ridiculously obvious to me now, but in the moment, my primitive brain had kicked into survival mode and I was totally unable to think logically and rationally. Logical consequences teach accountability and don't require you to yell, threaten, or act aggressively in any way. Because these consequences are based on reason, kids understand them. They make sense so kids actually learn from them rather than getting defensive about being blindsided by an arbitrary sentence. If I had wanted to punish Dahlia, I could have simply taken away her blankie. But since taking away her blankie didn't fit the situation, she wouldn't have learned anything about taking responsibility for making a mess in the bathroom. Punishing her would have done little to inspire change or accountability. Instead, it might have inspired anger, resentment, or revenge. Kids have a keen sense of fairness. They know when something's unjust. Using arbitrary or illogical punishment only serves to help parents feel in control and powerful while instilling fear and powerlessness in their kids. Bonnie Harris, the author of Confident Parents, Remarkable Kids, says that true authority has nothing to do with controlling another and all to do with controlling yourself. The example I always give is, think about if you didn't pay your electric bill and someone from the electric company showed up at your house to take away your piano. It sounds absurd, but that's exactly how we dole out punishments to our kids. Didn't clean up your toys? No dessert. Hit your sister? No TV. Ignored curfew? No cell phone for a week. Broke something? You're grounded. There's no logic in any of that. When your child consistently leaves her toys out, even with reminders, put them away for a day or two. When your kids are hitting each other, separate them. When your teenager ignores curfew, take away his privilege to go out with his friends the following weekend. When your child breaks something, have her fix it or earn the money to replace it. I was working with a mom whose kids were outside washing the car, and one of them sprayed the other with the hose. 
She yelled and told him he wasn't going to Grandma's house that night. As we talked about it, she realized a more logical consequence would have been simply taking away the hose. When I told Dahlia she had to clean up the water all over the bathroom, she said, okay, without any hesitation. I handed her a towel and she dried the toilet, the floor, the walls, and the sinks. Then she looked up at me and said, mommy, this is hard work. I like to let my kids know as much as possible what the consequences will be ahead of time so that they have an opportunity to feel empowered and make a choice. I might say something like, I want to let you know that if your dirty clothes aren't in the hamper on Tuesday morning, they won't get washed. And you may have to wear dirty, wrinkled clothes to school as a result. Then, no matter how much begging and pleading they do on Wednesday night for me to just do a quick wash, my response would be, oh, what a bummer. That wasn't in the hamper on time. Sorry, baby. There's no I told you so's or any unnecessary drama. Be careful not to impose something that's just as much a consequence for you as it is for your kids. I remember when I was pregnant with Dahlia and I had just driven an hour and a half with Marissa to see my mom. I had set a limit and said that the consequence of breaking it was leaving grandma's house. After only 30 minutes of being at grandma's house, we got back in the car and drove another 90 minutes home. I was the one crying the entire way home while Marissa was sleeping in the back seat. That was a consequence that I learned from for sure. Now, it would have been easy for me to go back on my word or change the consequence to be more convenient for me, but I had to think long term. What message would that send to her and how would that affect our relationship? That brings me to the subject of consistency. The more consistent you are with your words and actions, the more likely your child is to take you seriously. He needs you to be the person he can depend on to provide stability, safety, and strength. Maintaining consistency in your words and actions builds your credibility and your authority. Don't make empty threats or get derailed by whining, negotiating, tantrums, promises, indifference, or tugs at your heartstrings. When you set a consequence and then fail to enforce it, kids learn that they can manipulate you and they eventually tune you out. But when you follow through on a regular basis, they learn that it's not necessary to test the limits and they cooperate more often. I'm not saying that there aren't times when you'll change your mind or reconsider the consequence based on new information or a fair argument on your child's part. Just make sure you like your reasons. Check in with yourself to see whether your decision is grounded in love or in fear. And remember your long-term goal of raising an independent, responsible adult. Not all consequences need to be immediate. When you feel intense negative emotions, it's often better to calm down and find your way to a more positive emotion before giving a consequence. This allows you time to regain control of yourself and consider the best course of action. Most of the time, having positive, useful emotions will just naturally lead you to the best course of action. So I want to offer you some thoughts to think and some powerful questions to ask yourself when your child breaks a rule or misbehaves that can help you generate more loving or accepting feelings. If you're the type of person who takes things personally and allows your sense of worth to become entangled with your kid's behavior, I also recommend you go back and listen to episode 28, Stop Taking Things Personally. So here are some thoughts for you to try on. I can figure this out. I can handle this. 
This isn't an emergency. My child is experiencing exactly what he or she is supposed to experience. This isn't about me. My child is on his or her own journey. My job is to love them, offer help, and hold them accountable. Kids are supposed to disobey their parents because they do. Mistakes are opportunities to grow. And my child should have done that because there's a lesson to be learned. And some powerful questions to ask yourself are, what's the lesson I want my child to learn from this? How can I support my child right now? If an adult were to have done the same thing, what would the consequence be? And finally, what would love do in this situation? What's your biggest struggle when it comes to setting and enforcing consequences? Leave me a comment on today's show notes at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash 035. And if you're ready to implement these and other effective parenting tools, go to lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini and take advantage of your free mini session with me. I'll help you feel so much more confident when it comes to your parenting and figuring out what's best for you and your family. Have an awesome week, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe, too, so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.